welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast, Episode Three, where we talk about a few family games that we like and we think you guys might want to check out. My name's Gary. I'm Brian. And Shucky Doo. Brian here. Shucky Doo. <laughs> I, I like Shucky Doo. Let's, let's go that. with it. Let's go with it. I call you that. I, I know that was your pet name for him. It I didn't is. know we, that was going live. I didn't either. Hey, um, I just thought I'd do something different. It's out in the like wild it. now. Um, well, well uh, as has become our tradition in the, the other two episodes, uh want to kind of go around the table and um, and talk about our brew. I actually want to know what you're drinking, uh, well, Brian. I noticed that you brought, uh, you brought the Founders uh, Dirty Bastard back out, yes. which was uh, that Scotch Ale that we did. It is so one, tasty. Actually, so. I uh, I was at the store and I happened to see it. I, I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was like, "Man, I, I gotta have it." Founders it so is good. good. Founders. I saw it at the store the other day, and I almost bought it. So it's, it's tasty. So what I'm drinking tonight is Polonier Salvatore. It's it's uh, a beer I picked up at HEB. Actually, a friend of mine got me onto it this week. And up to this point, Gary, um, we we've agreed that maybe fifteen fifty four is one of the best of those. You know, under ten dollars six packs. Yeah, and I and I still think it is. I still think it's one that we need to feature here one night. Oh, it's my favorite. S- Start to steal your thunder, but I, I think know. this is dethroned it. Uh, well, I feel like I've talked about it enough. I got my uh, standard Ziegenbach out, so you can't go wrong with Ziegenbach. That's, Texan that's beer. beer. That's yeah, a good Texas beer. Mm. Well, as seems to be tradition, I, I I'm the odd man out again um, with another coffee. But this time, hey, I actually brewed this like overnight. Well, so what? I, we, uh, my wife and I are attempting to do a, a, a cold brewing uh, way to make coffee now. So it's it's just a, a Starbucks espresso uh, blended coffee, but it, uh, it actually brewed for 18 hours. So overnight, uh, cold brewing, and mm. it's supposed to take some of the acidity out of it and some of the bitterness out. Um, and so far, it's, has it? it's been very good. So yeah, well, that's an improvement because last time I think you had some three hundred year old tea or something, didn't yeah, you? So, yeah, uh, so yeah. So now I've got some eighteen yeah. year old coffee. It's a little younger, eighteen yeah. hour old coffee. Yeah, a little, a little more recent. Well, uh, let's let's talk about a few games we've been playing. Uh, we recently had a um, what, what would what were we calling this, Brian? Uh, we didn't. We did, it wasn't anything official. We were just calling it a game day. Um, where we just played a game the whole day. But the idea is we were just gauging our local interest to see if we could do kind of not a con, not not all the things that come with the convention, but still an excuse to game all day. Yeah. And the excuse that we had was we were filming for International Tabletop Day, which we'll have those videos up uh, on Tabletop Day. Um, But around that, we just wanted a game all day and just had a, a room that we got. We just had everybody that wanted to turn out game all day. And hopefully, uh, if, if it may be something we do, tr- you know, yearly, maybe a tradition that we start and it grows and it becomes a big deal. Who knows? Hey, talk about j- real quick the how you felt the reception was to it. Oh, I was I was pretty excited about it. I think it was about enough for what we could handle. Um, just just kind of throwing something together last minute. We only what put it together in three weeks, um, but it was good. We had a lot of new new people show up who who haven't gamed before uh, that are actually going to be on uh, the the tabletop day videos. Um, we got to play test uh, a game that we should probably talk about today. Um, that uh, I, I guess it's not even a play test, but just try out a game. Um, and but we we had a good turnout. I, I guess uh, the most at one time would you guys say probably about you know a little over a dozen players. Yeah. Um, just kind of doing their thing. There was a nice little rotation because um, you know I saw quite a few people leaving, and quite a few people come in. About that same amount of people come in. So at at the most, uh, yeah, there was probably a little over a dozen people there. It was respectable. It wasn't um, 
the biggest gaming thing that we've ever been a part of by any means, but it was for word of mouth and, and just local guys. It was pretty fun. So, yeah. well, we also live in Abilene, Texas. We're not, it's not a huge, huge town. Um, although we're, I think the gaming community is, is pretty, is getting pretty nice here. It's just, I think events like this are pretty nice where we can kind of organize that. And you know, there's some other people doing some stuff, the, the Thursday night game group and all. Mm-hmm. I think it was neat to kind of throw something new out there, something different. So it was about 12 hours of gaming yeah. that we did, um, that, that particular day. And, and then, it may grow to something bigger and better next year. So, well, what uh, what was I guess kind of what was a highlight uh, a game or two for from from that day for you? Okay, uh, man, you 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 realize you beat me at every game we played that day, so I think you you set that question <laughs> up quite possibly, <laughs> I, quite possibly. Because if I, I say if I say it was Blood Rage, then you say, oh, I, I enjoyed lapping you on that that point track. Well, I wasn't going to bring it up, but now that you did, the Blood Rage was, was no. I that was the second time playing Blood Rage, and you and I had played that other two player right, right, game. Yeah. And I remember when we played the two player game, we talked about how it was a neat like kind of introduction to the mechanics, but we really thought three or four, of course, was going to be that that um, sweet spot. And I felt three was great. I mean, the board was just tight enough. I don't know. Have you played with four yet? Not yet. I think four might be too crowded. Three was just tight enough for you. You. You knew you were going to fight almost every round, right. or you did fight every round. But uh, I mean, what, 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 were, what were your thoughts on it? It was it was good. Um, I didn't I didn't play well, but I had a good time with it. Um, it's just dudes on a map game, and I think it's a forgiving dudes on a map game. And we we taught it to a Jason who who you know yeah. is is kind of slowly getting the hobby, and he had a good time with it. And so um, really, my my goal that day was just to make sure everybody else was having a good time. And uh, I think I think a lot of people did. Um, uh, one of the guys that came in. He uh, he hadn't gamed a lot before, and, and it was just the two of us. And I just broke out Santorini and talked to him. He played it real quick, and then another guy walked in that we knew that he and I mutually knew. And I was like, "Hey, why don't you teach him Santorini while I go check on everybody else?" And um, and then I walked away, and I came back, and that second guy was teaching his daughter to play Santorini. That's like so it cool. was it was a really yes. cool yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just really cool because none of these guys are gamers, and they were just able to, they were just jumping in and even teaching games same day. It was kind of cool. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I, um, I really enjoyed. I'd only played. I'm sad to say I've only played. This was my second time I played Takenoko, and um, actually my sister was with me, and I really, I really enjoyed that game. Um, and now playing it a second time, it kind of, I really do understand why you, why you guys love that game so much. I mean, it, it's everything just kind of clicks together really well. Um, once you've played like a round or two, it's just smooth and it, it goes very well. So uh, yeah, I just loved that game. What was that game that you brought that we played with your son? The uh, card game. It was uh, oh, oh my good, oh my, my good by Alexander Fister. Mm, I want to um, play that game. Man, I tried to play it once uh, with the kids, and I guess it just was not the right time to play it. It, it just didn't work out. Um, but when we played it, Atticus has actually been asking to play it again, and um, I loved it. It's I think we need to get uh, Shuck to I think, play it. Yeah, I, think I, think it's, like, I thought it's Shuck. Because you love you that. love engine building games. This yeah. one's just basically a card driven pure engine building game. I mean, there's no, there's essentially the cards are your currency. I mean, all, all it is just a deck of cards. And, um, but it worked out really well. I mean, I, I thought, I thought the game was, was pretty good for what it was. I mean, for maybe what, and we maybe took 40 minutes, 45 minutes to play, but yeah. I think if we played again, I think we can get that down to closer to the 30 minutes on the box. You, you're saying that, uh, that that was, uh, what 
Oh, I forget the name of the game. Builders. Yes. Remember, we, we all yeah. played Builders. Yes. Uh, Brian, Chuck, and I'm pointing. You guys can't see me pointing. Uh, we played Builders, and we were all fairly disappointed with Builders, I think. It was kind of yeah. a solitaire engine-building yeah. game. Well, the, it, felt, the, it felt a little boring to me. <laughs> the main problem with Builders is that you really couldn't make a decision until your turn, and so there was a lot of uh, analysis paralysis on that. Right. Well, a lot of time spent. Like, on, like when it's your turn and the, the spotlight's on you, all of a sudden... Hey, I've got to make a decision now because I couldn't before. It was just a little dry for me. And this game, Oh My Goods, was is kind of the same feel. It's kind of the same game that you wanted builders to be. So if you if you wanted builders to be more, uh, then you should check it out. And if if you if you like builders, then you should still definitely check this one out because yeah. it was it's definitely a good one. Oh, how about you, Brian? Proper Brian, as, as we call you. <laughs> um, uh, probably the game that stood out to me most that I got to play. Um, that day was uh, Scotland Yard. Um, man, that game goes it has a, a really, I guess, I don't know, I was going to say a rich history, but it, it's an older game. I mean, it was printed back in the 70s originally in um, the 1970s. And um, it's had several editions, and um, it's kind of the game that spawned um, all of the hidden movement games out there. You know, if you've played uh, Fury of Dracula or Letters to Whitechapel or Specter Ops or anything like that, um, the... Scotland Yard is kind of the grandfather of those games. It's the it's a hidden movement game where one player um, is moving around trying to stay away from all the other players. Really creates some um, really tense moments. Uh, and it, but it so the other games I mentioned that are also hidden movement, you know, have a lot tacked on to them. And this is a very very pure version of the hidden movement uh, genre. Really fun. Um, uh, that's one that'll be coming on tabletop day, right? That's right. I started mixing the video today, so so we, while we were recording that, um, the uh, the people, the guys, the the players who were the investigators in that game were really into it. I mean, they hadn't played the game before, but they all really, really got into it. It was a really fun game. Um, it was actually hard for me as I played Mister X. It was, there were some really close escapes. I'll leave the ending up to uh, you know to you guys watching the video, but a little cliffhanger yeah. there. All right, all but. Right. Uh, um, Man, what a what a tense, fun, fun game. My sister played that game with you, and she left like talking about how fun that experience was, and just uh, was excited to have been there. I mean, she she was saying if we do that again, she wants to be. I mean, not just for that game, but she wants to. So I mean, there there you go. There's another, one more person who really enjoyed the yeah. event we had. Well, someday I'm gonna have to tell the my 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 story about how I got into board gaming and. Um, uh, Scotland Yard is a huge part of that. I won't get into that right now, but we'll have to do that sometime. To be continued. <laughs> Another cliffhanger. Uh, well, I guess I'm left. Um, I I got the opportunity. What? Am I good? What? I left this one for you. Um, yeah, start over because I'm listening to you. What? I had to look what? like this because <laughs> why, I had to do this funny thing to the mic. Why? Everybody's looking at me weird. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Tell <laughs> us. Do I have something. Tell us. Do I have something in my teeth. I don't. I don't no, understand. Tell us. Your beard. You got something in your beard. <laughs> so, your beard is pretty awesome. I, yeah. I was captivated by it. It's yeah. actually pretty. I had great. to trim it off a little uh, bit because I screwed it up. I can really trim mine off. You've joined us much better with gaming with Shock. I just noticed that. I, <laughs> well, well, what what games did you play there, sir? Um, so I, I got the opportunity to play uh, Fedor Sosnin's, um Grease Monkey Garage. I believe. Yes, that was a. Uh, it was a. I mean, speaking of the the theme of this podcast, it's a. Um, it is definitely a family intro level 
type of uh, worker placement, uh, it, it really is like solid for that type of thing. If you want to introduce that type of mecha uh, mechanism to your family. Um, so I would suggest looking for that. I don't know if it's going to hit uh, retail or Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, we don't we, know the we, details yet. We don't know the details. It, it's looking more like it may hit Kickstarter. He's already done two successful Kickstarters, so check that out. So yeah, if you guys uh, have followed us for a while, then you know that we've we have there's a designer that we we've, we've featured his games in one capacity or another. His name's Fedor Sosnin, and that's he's uh, we've done Battle for Direct, which we have a video on YouTube, and on our website you can find um, Dice Bazaar, which I've even seen pop up on Facebook a few times. Uh, people recommending Dice Bazaar, mm -hmm. and I was I was excited. It, it almost feels like even though it's Fedor's baby, because we have this relationship with him, I always almost felt yeah. like. Like yo yo that's yeah. that's you know, uh, but anyway uh, anyway if you guys ever get a chance to check out Fedor's games we've liked the relationship we've even just built with him he's a great guy um, outside of gaming and I kind of feel like if he was here he would probably be with us like doing oh, stuff yeah. with us and so Fedor's a great guy out. check out his game uh, when when this game comes up on our um, YouTube channel I think you guys will be really impressed with it but uh, but anyway just kind of follow what he's doing I hope I hope he. Uh, I wish him well because I think he's a great designer and a great guy. So, um, the other uh, the other thing I got to do was uh, I got to spread the love of Waterdeep, mm. and that's always uh, a nice feeling. Is a good so, feeling. Uh, and then the the one that really surprised me, uh, I I played several Cthulhu games. We had a Cthulhu enthusiast while we were there. Oh yeah, he's but, a nice uh, uh, I got to play the Arkham Horror card game, and I was very surprised. Uh, I'm not too big into the Cthulhu thing, but the, the Arkham Horror card game is basically the big epic game in like 30, 45 minutes. And that, the problem with most of those games are they just last forever. It's still got the theme. It's still got a lot of the things that you normally see. Um, I was really surprised. I, I still don't know that I would buy it just because it's not my thing really, but I enjoyed it. You got me interested in it for sure. I've, I've, I've always been on the lookout for the LCG that I'm going to buy, you know, mm -hmm. and I've tried several and I really enjoy several, but I just never can seem to get the players or the time to really deck build and stuff like that for them. And this one seems like one that you don't have to do quite as much of that. It's kind of built into the game instead. Is that correct? Yeah. The, the, the base game comes with enough for two players. Um, and you can buy, uh, two base games to play four players, but you can also buy packs. They're pre-made packs. So you can basically create your own decks. And what he had was already pre-made decks. And he's like, which one do you want? And I was like, well, I'm going to take the green one. So, yeah. and you know, of course, that's, that's what yeah. I did. So I played the rogue deck. Represent. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but I mean, that, that was really cool of him that he had put enough time in beforehand. And for people who like to do that, this may be a game. If you like theme and if you like pre-constructed decks, um, this may be a really great one for you to invest in. Uh, it's pretty cool how he did that, though. I did not mm -hmm. realize he had done that. So he showed mm -hmm. up. To all he had to do was unpack it, and you pick a character, yeah, and, and you're he, ready to go. And he, he had the disclaimer of, like, some of his best cards were at home because he already had other decks that he had pre-made. So, But, I mean, it still went well. We, we ended up losing because um, he died. But, you know, if he would have lived, we would have demolished the, the, so the beasts. I, I take it it was better <laughs> I take it was better than the four-hour something oh, yes. experience yeah. we, uh, Beach and I had with that... Uh, with that, yeah, the I guess the game that's based the, on the, uh, what's, the Eldritch, what's Eldritch Horror. Eldritch Horror. Well, I mean, you have Arkham Horror, then you have Eldritch Horror, then you have this card game. It's all made by was it Fantasy Flight? Yep. Yeah. I think. They're all they, they, so they're all very, very similar. 
they all work about the same. But yeah, four hours versus versus thirty minutes. Yeah, yes, minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like yeah, thirty Horror. hours would be terrible. <laughs> I mean, it, would... I, I liked Eldritch Horror, but I feel like it could have gone on for thirty thirty hours. It felt like yeah. it did towards the end. It started off great. That was such uh, a that was such a fun game. Gary and I were looking at each other across the table, like, "What did we get ourselves into?" <laughs> And we just kind of shrugged our shoulders and went with it. Yeah. And it was, for what it was, being a pandemic game, it was still fun, but uh, but it was just long and, yeah. and kind of well, tedious. I've been kind of scared off of it after even, that. Even right. Mansions of Madness is, is fairly long, too. Uh, the the app kind of slows down. I'm not a big fan of the app and board game yeah, thing. That's a different podcast topic. Yeah, it, it really kind of is. But I mean, we need to cover that sometime. But, yeah, but I mean, it's in that same family uh, of, of type of games, mm. so... See, I am a fan of that kind of thing. I'm a fan of those kind of games. Yeah. So, all right, not, but I haven't played it. <laughs> we do need to make that jot that down. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll yeah. be a podcast <laughs> topic. So, Brian is to go opposite sides yeah. of the table, and we'll yeah, we'll we need rumble. to get we need to get Brian and Chuck, and we'll just be you know, like you know, comment like throwing out like little like lines like hooks to get him fighting. That's you know? right. Yeah. Are you oh, ready? Did he really say that? <laughs> <laughs> so, one last thing before we move on, uh, we did manage to play the first era of the colonists. So that was exciting. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that was. I was exciting. excited. I, there was <laughs> a little mixed mixed feelings about it. As I understand, you weren't quite as excited after the game, right, right Brian? So we're getting, we're getting first impressions here now. So, <laughs> okay. so first, first impressions. impressions world. All right, here, honest, honest. No, I well, I was really. I, th- I think maybe part of it is, is I was really really excited for the game. So for me, it it fell a little flat for me, and maybe and I've heard, and um, this is probably true, that the later eras you go through you know the the further you get into the game the more interesting the game gets but uh to me the the decisions just weren't that interesting to me and the there was to me there was a big um theme mechanism gap like it just didn't marry up well to me um i didn't i mean i understood that i was moving around in a colony but i'm like they're just little tiles yeah it's not you know telling me where i am what i'm doing there um but that said i'm still really interested to try uh, later eras, I'd, I'd still play the game. This, mm-hmm. this is not a bad review of the game at all, or a bad first impression. It's just I need to see more. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, uh, I definitely don't knock you for that because the first era basically is like a an elongated setup. Uh, I feel like after multiple plays, or even the next play, we could probably just go straight into era two, do a just an, a lengthy setup of your board. And then, uh, and then actually get to use some of the the powers of your your allied colonies, which is where the game I think is really going to shine. Uh, See, that's just, something I didn't do very. I didn't do it all. Of, I mean, yeah, yeah. So and so s- setting some of that up, and we, we thought we were going to get into era two, and so I had started setting some of those up and getting extra pieces and and things like that. And um, unfortunately, we just didn't get into era two. We didn't have enough time. I still really liked what we got of it. Um, I understand what what Brian was saying, and. Honestly, it's probably one of those Euro games where, where themed pretty thin. I, I don't knock it for that. I mean, I think the gameplay was pretty cool. Um, and I do I do feel like it was an almost an extended setup. And so I think it's something, it's a different beast than where we're used to. Um, because it's meant to be this epic game played over multiple eras. I've never really played anything like that. So what it did for me was it got me kind of excited to try out the later eras. And I, I felt like towards the end, like right before we, we finished up, I started kind of understanding, okay, I'm setting up this engine. This is what I'm going to be doing, and I need to get these things in order. And so I felt like era two, I would have started strong, you know, is, is what I kind of felt like. So, yeah, I'm definitely um, I'm definitely 
wanting to play more errors. And I also think maybe if once we play that maybe one more time, I think I agree with you. Hopefully we could start the next game like an error two or three once we've got a little bit – once we have a few plays under our belt. Did you beat me by a point too? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I think I did. Something. I, honestly, I wasn't keeping so much track on that one. I felt and like so, it was an intro. And, and another thing that reinforces the whole um, – being able to just straight up start an error two was we were all within basically a point of each other. Yeah. And if you just start an error two, everybody gets an allotted point value. And, and so if we're all going to be within a point anyway, you might as well just start with the allotted point value and go yeah, right into the it. The point spread was really small. It was something like I beat you by a point, you beat and whoever was third by like a point or two. I mean, I think it was maybe five or six points total from the fourth player to the first player. It, I mean, you're talking like really, really tight. Like you said, we could have easily have jumped into error two and I don't feel like anyone would have. I don't feel like anyone would have lost or gained more, much more than anyone yeah, else. It, I mean, it was that a good. Been. It was a good learning game. Definitely uh, need to come back to that one. I will say so. I was the one who didn't play that game with you uh, at the end of the night, and but the but the way y'all talked about it, and even the way you you've kind of talked about the first error being a a setup, a two and a half hour setup, doesn't want me doesn't make me want to play the first era. I'm, I'm just saying, like, so oh, yeah, just yeah. so if that's the review, if that's the consensus, then I need you to set up a second era game because that's when I want yeah. to start playing, you know. And, and next time, and maybe that's the maybe that's the recommendation we're giving people, you know. I don't know. Possibly. Of course, I think we maybe play the first era six more times. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll know that we whether or not we really like it or not. I think we hey, just need to play the game. I like the game enough. Times. Yeah, I'd yes. play it six more times. <laughs> Let's just say my first impression is this that I would definitely want to try to play that game five or six more times. I mean, I as of right now, I I would be willing to do that. Well, just just looking down the 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 extra powers you get in the later eras, I was getting excited about building up the colony for later and like I said, like we've said multiple times, that's where it shines and so we don't have a review on that part yet. I just I need to um, write down more German names to name my workers, though. That's what I <laughs> what need. Were they? I had like uh, Johan and Schmidt and uh, I, any German name. Man, I could oh, think Johan of. was a worker. Johan was a beast, man. He he was with me from the from the get go. But we had to keep the library away from him because uh, I didn't want him getting learned, you know, education. Yeah. I want him I want to keep him down on the land. You hey, know? Y'all had a really dark story. I was I was. <laughs> So just so y'all y'all imagine this, this was at that pu- that that pub meeple day or the all day gaming day, and I was uh, packing up, and uh, and they were they wanted to help me, but I insisted they played this game. So these guys, these are good guys. But I was packing up, and I was listening to Gary and and these guys talk about their workers <laughs> and the way they talk about these people. They, it's it's like you don't even know these guys. It was it was kind of kind of a dystopian. Well, if you've ever played Euphoria. It was very euphoric. Yeah, yeah. Euphoria. Like we, were, we were just kind of tapping into that vibe. I no, think. no, like like a brave new world kind of kind of yeah. yeah. Like the library was on the on the grounds, but not for the workers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> for the hey, points and for me. I, I must note that I was the only one who was able to make the pub. Yeah, just saying. I wanted yeah, you to build the pub, and then I was. Oh, that happened. was a fantastic feeling too. Yeah. I knew that. Like I can just leave my other extra worker over here, and nobody else can get it, and I'm gonna go get the pub. Man, I mine. I, I I had everything but the plank, the wooden planks for it, and I was like, you know, I felt like I should I, be able to build a pub. I'm, yeah. I'm evil. When I might have had a better, you know, taste in my mouth from that had I been able to build the pub, Sean. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, maybe I just saying. A, maybe that was a bad decision. I, I like no, it really wasn't you, a bad decision. It was. <laughs> it was a great decision. I like games in which you can build a pub. You know, I mean, that always like heightens the game for me just a little bit. I'm like, oh, really? That you can build a pub, or you can you can like in a or in labor, you can produce beer. All of a sudden, like I can totally get into that theme. 
That's why Brute Crafters is kind of almost the almost the mascot game of of pub meeple because because yeah. you you just build you you start the game building a pub. Uh, oh yeah. I feel like we're getting out of the family. Oh, uh, this, is, oh, games oh. Here. this is all getting cut. <laughs> this is all getting cut. Let, let's let's steer this back. Yeah. So thank thank you, Chuck. Thank you. Let's let's steer back. Um. So, um. I guess uh, who who'd like to start us off with just uh, just kind of a family game and, and actually Brian had, had um proper Brian had uh and, and before we started recording he had kind of brought up a good point that it's kind of hard to nail down when we say like family games because we all have a little different experience in our own personal families we have different age children um, I know some of these guys their spouses game with them quite a bit my my wife will. Will game with me, but you know she's not as much of, of an avid gamer as some of these other guys, um, and so we all have these different experiences. And uh, I guess you want to kind of introduce us to like kind of what what you define a family. Sure, game, right? yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, right now I play games with my kids uh, um, to give my wife a break from them. And right now, like I have kids age six months up to uh, four and a half. They're almost the, my the I have twins that are almost five now. And so, um, all the games that I get to play with my, my air quotes family, you know, are really, you know, simple, small games that don't last very long or that we can just stop in the middle of, and it's not a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, so for me, that's kind of like it, with my list, that's where my list sits is, you know, kind of these, uh, anyway, but I can get into my list now, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, uh, first game on my list is animal upon animal. Um, that's a good game. Yeah. Well, well, okay. I mean, it works well for my family, but it also works really, really well for, uh, adults too. I found like we've been, uh, some, when we've had some family gatherings, um, a lot of the adults have liked to sit around and play this game too. It's just a really fun game, stacking little wooden animals on top of each other and trying not to have the stack tumble. It's a sweet little dexterity game. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool. Yeah. And my kids love it. They love, I mean, they, here's the thing. They love playing with the animals. And so when you get them, you know, rolling little dice and stacking them up, they, they love that too. So you know they, you know they have a farm, a farm animal version of animal upon animal. Like the no. classic, the classic is kind of the safari. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have, have farm the, animals? They have the, they have a farm animal version. I'm going to own this. And I thought about getting it because uh, here in Abilene down, or I guess uh, south of Abilene or north of Abilene, we have a, a little town called Anson and we have a lot of rancher, ranchers out there. And, um, and I thought about buying it for their kids cause it's cows and, and yeah. she, uh, of course the sheep in the original, but it's like cows and barn dogs and horses and stuff instead of the. So I was like, heck yeah. That's really cool. They need a, they need a, a Haba needs to expand on that and kind of milk it like, like Love Letter does. And if you ever <laughs> no. just look at no. the... No, they don't need to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Haba, do not do this. Do However, not. I would like to see a Batman animal upon animal. Batman. That would be <laughs> <laughs> okay. Give bat, us Batman bat. animal, animal upon animal and then quit. You know, but, uh, bat is an animal. Yeah. There you go. You could still have penguins. Right? Oh, oh, That's right. Yeah. Oh, hey, Catwoman. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there you go. You're on to something. <laughs> yes. We must make this. Hey, uh, copyright pub. No. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we we created this. You heard it here first. Have if you just like look at the uh, the Hobba catalog, those hey, dudes are killing it these days. They, the, they have amazing games. The base piece would be the Batmobile. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yes. Okay. Nice. Hey, this this is if someone designs this game. This we at least evil. get a free copy. We, we, we get a we get a get a free copy. We get a point oh one percent. That's yeah. 
Well, hey, well then, Chuck, uh, what, what's the first game on your list? Uh, so when, when I think of family games, the, the first thing that comes to mind is like games that I can play at a, a family night here at the home. And so uh, short of my two-year-old, I, I also have a 12-year-old and my wife. And so I think of games that are kind of light to medium weight. Um, uh, one of the easiest ones to get to the table is Ticket to Ride. Uh, it, it really is a fairly simple game. I, I call it the Monopoly Replacer. Um, it, it just is a good family weight game. There's not a whole lot of mechanisms. Uh, it's, it's fairly straightforward. It's not hard to teach. Um, the, the artwork is pretty nice. I mean, uh, yeah. the board it's is not nice work for sure. No. Yeah. It's the board's really big. Uh, I mean, the artwork's not like over overly fancy or anything, but it's nice. No, but it, um, it does a job. It's just a good family weight game. And so that's, that's. When I think of family way, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I know I got I got my parents hooked onto that, and they ended up, you know, liking it. Of course, they they're not into the ho- they're into the hobby as much as as your initiate gamers are, and they got so hooked onto that that it's like let's go find all the different boards, mm-hmm. which is nice for me because when birthday and Christmas came around, I was like I'm just gonna buy another ticket to ride so, board. You know? So speaking of birthday, your parents are the ones that got me that game. Nice, yeah, really, oh. <laughs> That's my, cool. On my thirtieth birthday, I nice. remember because I have pictures with my thirty. Hat. That might seem weird to the audience, but Chuck and I are cousins. <laughs> yes. So my parents are uh, aunt and uncle. Yeah. So it's not just like <laughs> our parents are randomly giving one another gifts. Just a tight. However, that would be fantastic. That would be fantastic if your parents gave me a gift. Tell your parents to hook me up. <laughs> that's right. That's right. My parents buy games for every, all of my friends <laughs> well, <laughs> on their birthdays. What about you, Gary? What what how did, what are um, you doing on your on um, your family list? Man, uh, one one I I listened and um we've had a lot of fun with uh, my within my family is uh, Alhambra. It's a little bit of an older game. I believe it won the Spiel des Jahres. Actually, I'm almost positive it did. Is that not considered one of the four pillars of of board games? I mean, I've heard this before. Like Alhambra is one of the the big I don't know if it is but I'll, I'll tell you this it it like gateway intro kind of right there right there with Carcassonne and and Settlers you know that's why I, that's why I put the put on this list I would put it up there with with Carcassonne as far as like how complexity um it's got the tile laying the rules dump's pretty simple I mean you're just you know you either take uh take some money some cards worth some money or you buy a tile and then you lay a tile there's a couple little rules that you have to remember about um, placing placing your tile, or you can place your tile on a little sideboard to save for later, or swap from a sideboard to your palace. But really, you, you don't run into those so you've been playing for a few turns. And so people already have a grasp of the base mechanics. Um, there's a ton of expansions. We don't really get into that. That's no, we right. just play the base, base That's a game. game. That you, can, you can really modulate the expansions, too. Like Carcassonne, there's yeah. like probably eight or nine expansions. I'm, I'm, don't quote me on that, but I mean, it's somewhere in that realm, maybe six. Well, they sell it in the big um, box like they did the Carcassonne, yeah, too. I, I got the, I traded my original copy off and got the family box, which has like a different, an alternate, like a Grenada, I think, uh, version of the game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's also got the first expansion. We still have not tried that. I mean, we still just love the base game so much. We just, we just play that. Um, I've introduced some extended family to it, and it's pretty simple to get, especially if they've tried Carcassonne. You're like, oh, you like tiling. And it was between that or Isle of Sky for this list, and I feel like Alhambra's just a little bit more approachable. Not that Isle of Sky is, is hard by any means, but just with the bidding, I mean, this is so much easier. You either take a tile or, um, I mean, take, a, take money or, or buy a tile, essentially. It, it's a great little family game. How about yourself, Brian? 
I kind of define this this category a little differently um, for me when we, when we were talking about this because for me, like as far as for our listeners go, talking about kind of like what we play with our families is helpful whenever we're talking to people with the same kind of family dynamic or the same situation, right? So Brian and I have kids much the same age, but Gary, you 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 got kids that are much older. Y- y'all can get into some meteor games. And I was talking to my wife about this. And I was like, you know. A family game for Gary, especially with your kids, like with with your son and, and, and your older daughter, um, is just games. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's. I'm lucky I'm at that stage, but Sh- yeah, me know, and Shuck are in that stage. You know, you know, so so you're getting to play, uh, you know, some of the some of the heavier Euro games with your kids. That yeah. Um, and so I I felt like that was a little subjective. So I I kind of went the route of thinking of this more as what would I bring to an extended family yeah. event. And we wrote an article about this recently um, around the holidays. We wrote an article about um, games you take to these family events. And that's kind of where my mind went when I started thinking of family games. What games can we get our family invested in? Because they're, they're really trusting us with our time. We're, we're making this promise like we promise you're going to have fun yeah. in the next you know, hour, 30 minutes to an hour. And just, you just need to trust me. And then I break out this big board game and they're like, this does not look like fun. Right. Um, and so what I really think about when I think of that is what are games that just by the way it looks while I'm breaking it out and showing them, do I get their buy in before I start explaining the rules? And that's important. That doesn't seem like it should be important, but it is important. I think it is. So I'm thinking of games like if a game looks like Uno, but it's not Uno, it's uh, an, an example that would be Red Seven or Fuji Flush, right? So I'm, I'm, it's, it's cards, it's colored cards with numbers on it, and I break it out, and this person looks at it and goes, "Yeah, that looks like Phase Ten. I'm on this." And then suddenly they already have the buy-in before I throw the rules. Well, they out. have the context to say, "I've had fun doing that before, and I'd right. like to try this." And so that's that's what I think about when I think of family ga- family friendly games. And I was thinking about this too, Brian. I've already thrown out two games. So I've already I've already broke the list. See how I did that? Oh. I was like, we're supposed to talk about one game, and I've already like talked about two. And here's here comes number three. Cheater. Um, yeah, I'm a cheater. Um, but we uh, about a year ago we talked about a we, we have we've had a list going on our private um, just kind of a drive where we we, we compile our, our info. And one of the lists that we had that Brian uh, proper Brian started was um, play this, not that. And the idea that was, was cool yeah, it was a really cool list. And the idea was, uh, it's kind of like um, you, games like Risk, Monopoly, um, what is it, Clue, Life. Yeah. If, if you like those games or you know somebody who likes those games, here's the gamer version equivalent to that. And we're trying to bring people into the hobby with that equivalency. I'm wondering if we need to have a list similar to that that goes backwards. So I really like Coup. But if I want a family-friendly Coup... I break out skulls, you mm, see, and, yeah. and it, again, it's that same low rules. Uh, this doesn't look complicated. I break it out; it looks interesting, and suddenly these people are are um, already invested in learning this game, and it, and and I get to still have fun at the table. So I think that's a great idea, and I think that well, both of those things, like the the play this not that, um, is going to eventually hit the website. But I think that idea needs to also. So this is live brainstorming. Yeah, that's right? right. We need to flush that idea out. It was excellent. So I'm glad he brought that back up. Like, we need we can... a Fuji flush that game out. Oh. oh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dad jokes. Oh, you're going <laughs> to. Hey, and I'm paying attention this time, Sean. I'm going to get your jokes. <laughs> yeah, okay. I didn't describe any of those games, by the way. I just like named them off, like I was name dropping celebrities. Well, all those are pretty, 
pretty simple games. I think if, if yeah. someone were were to look those up, you can kind of get the hang yeah, of those well, games I mean, pretty I just, quick. I really think I really feel like when we're talking about family events or family friendly games, my kids are already bought in. I break it out, and they're <laughs> like, "What is that, Dad?" They already want to play the fourteen plus year old games. Mm, my kids, that's too. that's yeah. easy. That's easy to get your kids to play games, and so now you know you can go to BGG and figure those out. I think what what we really w- are trying to tackle here is what are the kind of games that are appropriate for your audience of that day, whether yeah. it is your six-year-old kid and we're doing Batman Animal Upon Animal, or is it, you know, the the um, the extended family. Of, I hope they make that. <laughs> and here's the, here's the thing. Like, we, we're, we're always, it always seems like we're trying to evangelize gaming. We're always trying to make people gamers. Yeah. Um, I think the family event is that event where you have a captive audience and we don't want to burn them. So yeah, we're trying to give them the game they're going to enjoy. So Ticket to Ride is is fantastic for that because we know because we know it has a history of success. Well, the point is to get them to trust your judgment on hey, you're going to like this because and if it's something that they've can you know reference to something they've played or seen before and they've enjoyed and then they enjoy something you recommend. Well, guess what? You can recommend something a little different. Next yeah, time. next time it's going to be something else yeah. that you hopefully don't burn them on. Yeah. The big, the big issue that I see with family events is uh, rules anxiety. Uh, introducing a new game, uh, I get a lot of, I guess, apprehension towards learning something new. That's the hardest thing. Well, that's so why people. That's why simple. people go back to Monopoly. Like it's because they think they know the rules. Well, there is no rule. You roll dice. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it thinks for you. Building up <laughs> upon what uh, what you just said, Chuck, I I run into that. I've over the past couple of years. As my as my family got into games, we'd bring games to family gatherings. And my mom, we always played games growing up. And so, and I got out of it for years until I met you guys. Um, and, and you guys threw me out Lords of Waterdeep, and I had no idea what I was doing that night. Um, I, I started bringing, uh, bringing games around like, um, you know, Castle Panic or Carcassonne and stuff like that. And, um, and actually, I got my sister and her husband hooked on it. And now they'll come over to our house, and they own Lords of Waterdeep now. They love that game. But like you said... It was a, it was a gradual progression of hey let me introduce you to this simple card game oh that let me introduce you to this tile line game Car- Carcassonne and then as you know this is family so I mean you have that relationship already there and as we built up like they kind of trusted that like they'll ask me now oh do you have any new games or, or or what are you bringing today or they'll call me and ask me hey if you're coming over bring this game so I think what you were saying is that that rules anxiety is really important if you can start small. And then and then kind of build that up if they're interested. Sometimes I think like some groups of family, my, my wife's side of the family, they're not going to I'm not going to bring Lords of Waterdeep to family gathering ever. They're just not really into it. But they love like social deduction games and simple card games. So any of those I can pick up, you know, I'll, um, I'll see it at the local game store or see it on Amazon or whatever. I'll pick up some of those, even if they're not the games I enjoy that much. I know that I can get my nephews and, and a couple of my in-laws to play it. So. I definitely agree, like what you said, you know, that rules apprehension, you have to kind of fight that at first. But once you can kind of get them to find that one easy game that kind of hooks them, I think I think it kind of builds. And yeah. who knows where you go from that. Like Brian like Brian said, it's it's knowing your audience. Know your audience before you suggest a game. Well, and I've, I have the history of bringing bad games to the table. Mm. Be, or, or maybe not a not bad game, but a, not an appropriate game for that group. Because I wanted to play that really badly, and I and I already kind of gained that trust from that group, but they weren't ready for it, you know. Um, and so, 
I think that that's kind of what we all want to do in these situations is we want to have that perfect game night. That's why our shelves have uh, all the games that they have on it more than we, we could possibly get the fun out of each box individually is because we're hoping for that perfect night to put that game on the shelf for all the audience. And in a way, that's kind of the game in and of itself that we all play oh, and, that, yeah. and that our listeners play too is is they're playing this game. Like, what is the perfect game for tonight? Yeah. How can I set this night up? Is there, could, could I serve it like, like an entree? Like we got it. We got an appetizer and then a little filler and then the big meat of the game. And then maybe a nightcap for the people who stay at the yeah. end, you know? And, and uh, I think that's what we're all aiming for. And the, and the thing with our families and our family events is we have that reoccurring audience. We have that opportunity, that kind of built in po- potential game group, that we that we long for, you know, and we just have to convince everybody else that they're gamers too. <laughs> I think um, you just don't know it yet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you don't know it yet, but you're gonna love my hobby. Um, <laughs> one thing that you've talked about, and, and actually, bef- Shuck and I, um, before we started recording, we were talking about this, and, and you you kind of touched on it briefly. Um, you know, we have older kids. Um, your daughter Morgan's twelve, correct? Your daughter's twelve. Yeah. All right. So we were talking about how we'd play. Um, you know, we can play Lords of Waterdeep with our family um, and, and games like that. And um, I think, yeah, when we first started talking about this on our, 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 our Slack channel, that's how we organize everything. Um, I think the other guys had to remind me, like like Brian's comment that, hey, man, sometimes you your game, you, you know, you guys, your family game nights are, are just like almost like a regular game night. And, and actually, it's kind of neat because we've within our own my own little family, I've been able to build that that my own personal game group and, and show is shuck, you know, but I just kind of looking back on how that started, but you know, um, eventually you kind of get to that. Maybe, maybe with your extended family, that's where you get, or your, your, your light gaming group. Maybe eventually one of them is like, Hey man, we love Koo, but there's something with a little bit more depth to it. Okay. Well, let, let me, let me see if I can find another game that has a little more s- strategy to it. Uh, that still has some social deduction, you know? So I think, like you said, knowing that audience, sometimes just, that relationship in time. I think maybe it's just time. I will yeah. say, I will say that as far as like games for children, I think between Brian and I've talked about this a lot because we have kids the same age. I think we've got a good list of that. Uh, that's, that is a, that is not necessarily a topic for a, a podcast, but we could compile a list. So that's what you want to know. If you want to know what are good games for four year olds, like that's in five year olds, six year olds, that's, that's a different thing than like, you know, what is family games. Yeah. And so that's kind of why, why we brought that up. But, uh, you know, even then there are your younger games, uh, younger games for younger family and games for older family. And uh, like two of those that I put out are like King of Tokyo tends to work better with younger kids. Oh, yeah. Um, I love it. The, the, the older adult generations don't don't get it as well. King of Tokyo is kind of your your staple for the your extended family. Games, yeah. Right? Like my my extended family, when I'm talking about nephews and, and nieces, they it works really well with those. Uh, but like games like Dixit don't work very well with younger kids because they just don't have the the wisdom and experience that the older generations do to have the play on words of, of the pictures and yeah. things like that. But it's a really good family game for older family. So, I mean, there, there are two different areas that we talk about here, too. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a whole wide variety. Well, let's add another little bit of a wrinkle to this, too, because um, it's like when I get together with my family, my extended family, um, because most of us have little bitty kids. We don't have, even if I, I even have some people in my extended family who love playing, uh, some of the heavier games with me, 
we don't have time for that during the day when we're chasing little kids around. And yeah. so like you, even then you, you, you still have to tailor that, you know, experience to your situation. And, um, like I can't, I couldn't sit down and play uh, scythe with, even though I have family members who have played that with me and actually really enjoy it. Um, uh, during the day when we're chasing kids, it's not going to happen. You don't have, you, you can't just sit down and do that. So we instead get games out that we can get the kids involved in like King of Tokyo and stuff like that. That even though my uh, almost five-year-olds can't, I mean, they, they, they can do it. They don't really get it completely, but they still really love sitting at the table with everyone else rolling the dice, you know? And, uh, but that's the kind of game you can do because you have that, you have, you have that time and, what I always experience with the King of Tokyo is is they as soon as the game's over they want to play again because they want the next monster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even if, yeah, they they just want to they want to imagine being whatever that monster is. Um, well, kind of. We need to have a we need to, they need to have a Batman King of Tokyo. Oh, oh. oh you heard it first here on Bat- Bug Meeple. <laughs> Batman King of Tokyo. That would be amazing. Uh, Speaking King of, of Gotham, King of Gotham, yeah. yeah. Uh, the new Panda Kai is out. Does that count? I mean, no, 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 no. It's it's. It, need, it it needs to be something that we came up with and they owe us money okay. now. Weren't we going to come up with a pub meeple? We uh, were. Okay. <laughs> Gary's going to have to cut that out of the podcast. Yeah. Um, we were going to come up with a giant meeple mug um, that we that we were going to put online. Um, and we even came up with power cards for it. You guys remember this? The yeah, power I remember cards? this. We, Long time we sat ago. there. It was back... Maybe it was back before Slack and before Brian Proper's time. Were you were you no, part of this? I, I do not recall. So this. okay, <laughs> this is all going to get cut from the podcast, but that's okay. Um, so we were it was back when we were doing all the DIY gaming. If you follow our YouTube channel, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, one of the one of the DIYs that we have is how to make tiles um, and 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 you know your chipboard kind of product. And we said let's put up a. Uh, we we want to make downloadable content. Let's put up a uh, a meeple with a mug that'll be a giant hmm. daikaiju for the King of Tokyo like monster, and we needed we need the power up expansion, so we had to come up with our own cards, and it was all pub pub related. So one of I don't remember all of them, but one of them was like designated driver, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like if you're in Tokyo and you're getting like messed up, you could exit. Even if you know before you took damage or something like that. And anyway, it was uh, it was all kinds of um, uh, pub related nonsense that we're gonna do. Um, but uh, yellow, you yeah. know, yellow yellow hasn't approached us yet. But we're we're here for you, yellow. You can <laughs> you come talk to us and we'll we'll have a contract. Wow. Talking about uh, dice games, one one game in particular, kind of getting back to a few specific games that uh that I'd like to suggest is um Werfel Bonanza. I don't know that it's readily readily available here in the states, but um, I think you. Can, I'm pretty sure you can get it on Amazon. I think I paid less than twenty dollars, maybe closer to fifteen. But um, it's kind of a dice rolling push your luck game. Very so it's got some of that push your luck from uh, King of Tokyo, but um, it's the it's the the beans from Bonanza. And what's cool about it, um, what I really like about in these in these family groups is everyone understands just rolling some dice and 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 you have these little order cards. You're trying to fulfill an order. And each card has like I believe it's like six orders, and as you you take another card and kind of move it up the card, like as you as you fulfill one order, you move it up, and after you've fulfilled a certain number of orders, you can that now that card's worth a little bit of money, but you can always kind of push your luck and wait till it's worth more money. Cool thing is you're always wanting to pay attention to someone else's roll. Like every every roll, you're having to take at least one card and put it on this little patch in the middle of the table that the person who's the active player is saving those cards to fulfill their 
orders at the end of their, their turn. But if when they roll, if the dice on the table match one of your orders, you can go ahead and move your card up. So, like, it's it's a fun game. You can talk and have fun, but you're always still kind of paying attention. Like, oh, there were two reds and a yellow. Oh, okay, he got what I needed. So, that's actually, it's, it's a small little game, but it has a mechanic that overcomes a problem I have with a lot of bigger games, which is it's easy to get disinterested during other people's turns. You know, we I think we kind of have a tendency to say, well, it doesn't involve me. But in this game, it's a simple game. It plays in about 30 or 40 minutes, and you absolutely have to pay attention because... There, it never happens to me, of course, but like my kids and my wife, they, they'll get two or three orders as a, you know, as, as we go around the table, I'm like, now their card, they could just turn that card over for at least a dollar right off the bat. And so, uh, and, and it's simple that the, the goal of the game is to get $13. If you fulfill a whole card, it's $4. If you partial card, it can be from one to $3. And that's a great way to solve, like in games that don't have a lot of player interaction, having people pay attention to what other people are doing is a perfect way to solve that is yep. to get to keep people involved one of the games that i actually wrote down on my list was machikoro and it's uh it's mm-hmm. very much kind of like what you talked about where it's yeah. it's a little bit of a push your luck thing but you you're buying cards where you do things on other people's roles you get to get money based on their roles and then there are some cards where you get to do get money based on your roles and you're just trying to build this big massive city um, but yeah, the, that's a, that's a game that, that's kind of like my, I, I know Catan's kind of a family-ish weight game, but this one's even more so of a family. It's a very, I very totally light agree. game. I would rather pull this one out than Catan with like young, younger kids. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree with that. Young kids love dice and they understand the concept of the game. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you roll this, you get that. You know, yeah. you roll this, yeah. I roll this, you get that. And it's a very know? simple game. It's not very complicated yeah. at all. I think that's actually an excellent addition to the list, um, and it's pretty it's pretty cheap game too. It's readily so, available too. It's you readily you can get it at Target. They um, they have the new version out too, which has the expansions already in it. Yeah, so I mean it's it's one that um that you can get and and I think most people most gamers could probably share that with their family pretty quickly. Um, so I'll add an, another one to the list then. So going back to kind of one of the things that Brian said, um, is you want a game that when you get out it. Uh, just kind of speaks to the people and they say, oh, that looks really fun. I want to try that. And um, this game would work great with uh, with kids or adults. Uh, I mean, it's simple. Uh, it's Rampage or now it's Terror in Meeple City. I wanted to try that one. Um, really fun game. It's a it's it's a dexterity type of game where you're flicking pieces around a board, uh, dropping your monster on the buildings. Basically, you're playing these monsters that are tearing up the city and trying to eat as many meeples as they can. And um, so it's, it's the, the rule sets simple. It's, it's really easy to teach. Um, and it's just a ton of fun to do. Like when you build the board, you actually create these 3d buildings and stuff that you're going to be knocking down throughout the course of the game. And, uh, little kids love to watch that and they love to knock them down. And, uh, it's just plain fun for adults too. So, and it's really visually uh, interesting. So speaking of knocking down, one thing I've always wondered, how is set up for that game with kids running around? I've been curious. Just keep them away from the table. <laughs> no, it's, not too, it's not bad at all. I've, I've set it up with my kids sitting around the table with me, and it's not bad at all. Okay. Um, do your four-and-a-half-year-olds play it? Yeah. Oh, so I, bet, I bet they love that game. Like I mean, like a lot of games, we don't play you know, by the, uh, by the letter of the law rules. Oh, but, yeah. Um, uh, yes, we play that game, yeah. If your family likes beer pong, you should play Hearts of Attraction. Oh. Yeah, yeah. that's a good Hearts one. Hearts of Attraction is an awesome game. That's one. Of the, that's another one where you get it out, 
and you're like interested in it just by what's going on. You're, well, uh, you're like looking at across the room and you're like, I want to play with that. Who doesn't, who doesn't love <laughs> magnets? Right. I saw people playing that at the uh, Thursday night game night and I was like, I want to play that. When, That's right. When, like you've already got interest just by looking across the room at that game. Yeah, when we were playing at uh, the West Texas Tabletop Con, people were like coming up to the table to, oh, what's this? Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. yeah. It, it's <laughs> a such fun a, game. Yeah, such a simple game too. And like you can play with a ton of people and yeah, perfect game. Well, what I found cool is my wife, who we'll play, she'll play some pretty, you know, she'll play like Waterdeep or, or uh, Viticulture from time to time if, the, if she's in the mood. But um, she really got in that game one night and we probably played for about 45 minutes or an hour, which normally I would not play that game that long. But she was like coming up with variants and like, like if we set up these and, you know, and like coming up with like, so the kids and I were just like letting her come up, like set up go ahead and like seed the table with some magnets and like she was creating challenges for us. And so there, there's a game where, where you just take the components and the rules are like, what a half a page or whatever. I mean, they're so simple, but you can go ahead and say, well, let's, let's house rule this. Let, let's create this or that. And, um, and so she, like, yeah, we were creating like custom challenges for today. I think I need to get another set. So we have so many more dice. It's like uh, miniature um, golf, I'm, hearts of attraction. kind of <laughs> like yeah. obstacles on the table, put your mirror bug, your, yeah. your beer mug. I think she did. I think one of the things she put was uh, like a cup or something. And we, we had to like, you know, so, so that not, you couldn't always get that straight shot you wanted. So, yeah. It was um it was it was pretty fun but yeah that's that's a great game. All right guys, well um we could probably keep talking about games for a while, so I think we'll go ahead and cut it off there. Um, thanks for coming out, having a beer and a coffee, and uh, talking about games tonight. Um, if you want to check out some more PubMeeple content, check us out at pubmeeple.com. That's the hub for everything we do. We're also on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com/pubmeeple, and Twitter and Instagram. Our handle there is at pubmeeple. Um, you can also uh, email us at uh, pubmeeple at gmail.com. Uh, as always, thanks for listening and have a good night. I always want to talk about that beer. I know you do, yeah. uh, but I, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying dethroned is, it. You're saying I, this I'm is saying dethroned. This it. might have dethroned it. I want you to try it's this. It's a huge tonight. deal. Okay, yeah, I will it, try it. It is one of those. It is one of those ten dollar like six pack brews uh, beers that you can pick up. But, okay, that's like it's yeah, a double box. It's that, specifically Pioneer Salvador with their double box. That's like telling me some game dethroned Agricola. I've got to play that game. So that you, that beer. <laughs> I've now I've got to play this beer. I mean, yeah. What you're telling me may may potentially so, so after the podcast change my world after the podcast. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that.